What is going on, everybody? I am Greg Helbeck, and my co-host, Michael Pinter, and I are bringing you another episode of the New York Real Estate Investing Show. This show is all about how to be successful in New York State, one of the best places and one of the most difficult places to do business in. And each and every week, Michael and I are going to bring awesome content to everybody who wants to learn how to do this business successfully in New York. Between the both of us, we have done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of deals. We've made millions of dollars and we've also made a ton of mistakes. So if you want to try your best to avoid those mistakes, definitely take a listen to this podcast. Every single week, we are going to provide actionable, tactical steps on how you can be successful investing in the Empire State of New York. Stay tuned and welcome to the show. So Michael... We were on the phone today and you know, you've been doing this business for 20-something years now. You've been doing this for a while. So what, what has your experience been with new construction and what have you discovered that you're going to start heading towards this year? So I always shied away from doing new construction. When I had a lot that was buildable, I usually sold it to a builder because I erroneously assumed that it was going to be extremely capital intense, right? I'd have to put hundreds of thousands of dollars into a project. And the way I viewed it is it was a risk, right? Because if I'm a project's going to take a year, a year and a half, two years sometimes, and I'm, I'm pouring in all these soft costs and then I'm pouring in the hard costs and then I'm going to sell it later. And that's a long period of time and the market can shift and I'm trying to hit the top of the market, which we usually are when you do new construction. And to me, it seemed like something that wasn't effective and that could get me in trouble if the market shifted like it did in 2008. So what I've discovered recently is that there are alternatives to those things. Um, and I was going to build a house in Elmont a long time ago, and I, I started looking into modular companies. So just to explain what a modular company is, it, it, in, in essence, it means that they build a house in pieces, in parts, in modules. Um, I'd say a typical house is going to be four modules you if a two-story house is going to be at, at least four modules and there are houses that can go to 15 modules they build mansions like this too once it's done you don't know it was done modularly it's not like manufactured home that you can tell clearly is something different it's a, you know you stick it on wheels these are houses that are on foundation and i would say that after they're done nobody knows that they were built modularly it's the same stick built house so the same studs on the wall and the same sheetrock on top of those studs with the same wires and plumbing and, uh, and insulation and HVAC inside. It's just that it's built in a temperature-controlled factory by people who are experts at what they do, and they build it quickly. They can literally build a house in a few days. Um, wow. And when, wow. I saw, when I went to see this, I saw a few, I actually went to several companies, and to me, one really stood out. It's a company uh, in Westchester and Orange County. They're called Westchester Modular. And when I saw them, I realized that this is really a good, a really good company. It's employee owned. So I, I believe all the employees own like a huge percentage of the company. The owners uh, let died and left it to the employees, a family that owned it and they left the employees. Company's grown significantly. And it seemed to me um, a better option, but it's, I still didn't do it, right? I, in that situation, I ended up buying the, 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 the property, but I always kept it in the back of my head. And they, they had a, and they've had through the years like builders days where you can come to look and i go there and i we tour the factory it's it's really something to see and what i realize is this is a this is a better option to traditional building because it's it's slightly less expensive um it takes a lot less time um and i think it's a better quality build what i didn't know until i until recently was that 
there are options, and I don't, these options may exist on regular build also, but I, I doubt it. There are options with lenders where if you have the plans for a house that's going to be built modularly for sure, and you pre-sell it, and we see this all the time in my MLS where there's always plans being listed for sale. You find a buyer, right, and the buyer has to qualify. This lender will qualify the buyer. If the buyer is putting 20% down, the lender will, in essence, fund the entire build, every penny of it, where they'll even give a builder like me money back for the land that we paid for the land. They'll even give that money back. Then they'll fund everything. They'll fund the, the found, you, know, you have to do a foundation to put these modules on top of. They'll fund the foundation. They'll even give you money for other ancillary costs, for, 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 for soft costs. Basically, it's zero cap. It's, it's, it's even less it's even less capital intensive than doing a, a, a medium-sized renovation for $70,000. So um, when I saw that, it really opened my eyes. And I, I had a, a property that I was negotiating at the time, which, and I've done a bunch of these where it's a big lot. It's a, a, enough to, 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 to do two houses and well, houses all the way on one side. So I have one house on one side and I can technically get a, get a, 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 a permit to build on the other side. Then to me, that was always good. So in, in the old days, what I did was when I got the permit, I would sell it or I'd sell to a builder subject to getting the permit. Very often I would need a variance. Um, and I have this property that I'm in contract on where I'm trying to do the same thing. And my intent on this one is not to sell the lot, the lot but to actually build it modularly using the system. I, will, I would pre-sell it with the plans and have this bank finance the whole thing. That's incredible, especially with, I mean, with mind-blowing yeah. to me. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. I mean, so let, let me ask you this. So you're doing a modular building. There's an echo for the listeners. I'm sorry. I think we put enough value. I still hear you a little bit. A little, little bit echo, a little tiny echo. I'll talk like quiet, you know. Um, but what is the – so a lot of people hear the word modular and they think it's mobile home. So I want you to really delineate that because I am sure. – Quick story. I remember my parents, good friends, sold their house, Colonial and Monroe, for big money. And I didn't know it was a modular until I was 20 years old. Been going to that house since I was five. How did you find out it was modular? When they you told 20? me. And then they took me down to the basement and they didn't tie me to a chair. They showed me where like the blocks were. And I was like, oh, that makes right. So again, listen, manufactured or mobile homes are are mobile, right? They 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 may be they may be put on like blocks or on a foundation. But in essence, they are not real property, right? They're not real estate. They're considered shadow, which means movable property. A modular home is built. I, I, if they didn't tell you, if the, your friends tell, didn't tell you it was modular, you would never know. Never. It's, it's. I would say there's no way to know, really, unless you're a really a, a expert builder and you can see where the modules were, were linked together. It's, it's exactly like a regular built house. It's just built in pieces in a factory and put together on site that's it and if, and and you avoid a lot of the labor issues you avoid a lot of the sequential issues you have like when you build a regular home um the, the usual the usual uh order of events is you're gonna put a foundation in and you're gonna start framing this thing out so you have a bunch of guys show up start putting up two by fours and putting up floors and putting up and framing the roof and then you're gonna need uh then then nothing can happen after that point till the roofer comes puts in the roof and then these sheathers come and put and put um some kind of uh, uh, some Ply kind of lumber or, yeah, or plywood, plywood, plywood around the house, and then sheet that with a vapor barrier. But like you may have a a, a a electrician who's rearing to go, 
he, he can't do anything until those guys finish. Then, then once the th- house is sheathed, then all these things have to go in the walls, right? So you need plumbing, you need electrical, you need um, uh, insulation, and you need uh, HVAC, right? If you're running ducts for air conditioning or for heating too. And, 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 and the walls can't be closed until all of them done. So if one and the jerk- engineer signs off on it. The building department's yeah. going in the whole time. Right, you need inspected. So if one jerk guy who puts in insulation uh, gets to a car accident or, or just decides not to show up, every, every other thing is waiting for this guy to show up with his with his pink cotton candy to go put it up in, the, in between the between the studs, or everybody's waiting for this electrician to finish running a running a wire, and 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 that that the sequence of that very often turns into delays, right? And it's nobody's fault. It's pouring today. Well, the the, the framers are not going to work in the pouring rain. There's not right. Oh, it's freezing today. Well, a roofer is not going to not going to work if it's less than if it's less than 32 degrees because the nails get screwed up. You know, it's just these are things that are not going to happen. And if before there's heat, you may have trouble getting a plumber in there, right? Because he doesn't want to work where it's freezing. But but when you build these things modularly in pieces in a temperature control factory, you don't have to deal with any of that crap, right? There's, there's no sequence of it. I mean, they have a sequence in place, yeah. but their sequence is like this guy builds walls all day, this guy builds floors all day, this guy builds builds roofs all day. That's all they do. So they're oh, and they're oh, and they're in an area that that that's temperature controlled, and they're just pounding these things out, pounding these pieces, of, sticking them on, on on these things to get on a flatbed truck. It's it's an amazing. My mind was blown watching it. And these guys are experts. They all know what they're doing, and they show up to work every day. And if they don't, they have other people to call to to, to, to fill in for them. So, to me, it seems like a much more logical way to build. Now, again, I've said this before. I've actually built one. And there may be other complications, and it doesn't. It, it, they don't do the entire house. They do everything that's above grade, but there's still about twenty to thirty percent of the house that still has to be done. Um, what they're putting in kitchens. So the foundation, obviously, anything in the basement, they're not doing, um, and usually that that also results in the mechanicals not being done, right? So whatever the heating system, they're not doing it. Um, they'll they'll put baseboard all around, so you can just tie it into a to a boiler. Um, they're not doing duct work for HVAC, so you you have to sort of uh, have an HVAC contractor to come in and do that. And if you want a very very high end kitchen, they're not probably not going to do the highest end kitchen. So you may have them deliver the house without a kitchen, and then have a kitchen guy come in and do it. Um, but short of that, it's it's done. So all the rough plumbing's run, all the electrical's done, all of the house is completely insulated. The roof is done. Oh, and I think also they uh, they give you siding, but they don't install the siding because these things come in pieces. So you need a siding contract to just install the siding, but they give you the siding. Interesting. But yeah. So it's about again, between 20 and 30 of the house. It still has to be done either before or after they do a set or set, which means they take these pieces on cranes and put them all together, but they connect it. And, 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 uh, and then you, oh, and then of course you need a, you need a plumber to connect the, the um, sewer line to it, the, water line to it you need the electrician to to, to collect the connect the electrical and put it to put up the box and connect the electrical into the meter and you need if it's if you're having gas you need a gas line run to it so you need you need a plumber to, and electrician to do that so I, again it's 20 to 30 percent of the house is not done but 78 percent of the house is done yeah and they do it in in in, in four days <laughs> yeah you can we can you can do that over the course of a, yeah, four days a month and you're you're absolutely golden Let's talk about some here that, that people really don't understand. And this took me a while to learn. We're, we're looking to do this on vacant land, obviously. If you don't have a vacant lot, then you're screwed. So 
how do you, and I, I know this answer, but the typical listener probably doesn't. How do you know if a lot is buildable? Like, cause that is, is, is you need to know that or else you can't put a house. On. It's tough. It's very tough where I operate because there's a lot of municipalities. So, you know, Nassau County has three towns and then it has like 20 different villages, some in the towns where they are, their building department. There's also two cities just to throw in for fun, the city of Long Beach, the city of Glencoe. So if you have an area, you, you need to li- really look and see who is the, the, the juris- who is the building department that has jurisdiction over that area. And then you need to ask them. And there are places that will be very open and honest with you. I just actually looked at, I'm looking at a lot in Brookhaven. So they sent me this great list of all the minimum square footage and things like that and the setbacks, which is very helpful. They're a horrible town, but they actually have a nice, a nice sheet. Um, so you need to know that area and you need to ask, you need to go. Very often they'll talk to you, certainly if you go in person and you say, listen, I just don't know what I can build here. Tell me what it's zoned for. You need to know the zoning. So the zoning, the zoning will indicate um, what's allowed to be built. It may not even be zoned residential. It may be zoned commercial or business or whatever they call it, where you may not even be allowed to build a house. Um, if it's only residential, then you need to know all these things. So I'll just tell you what these things are. You need to know the the minimum square feet of a lot in that area, right? So a lot of a lot of Nassau County it's six thousand square feet, and the minimum frontage they want sixty feet of frontage on the street, and then they want they basically want a sixty by hundred lot minimum. But if you have sixty they feet want of frontage, to go back quite a bit. They want a hundred foot deep. I think most yeah. most of them. There are places where you can go four thousand square feet, but it's general. And then you should also know setbacks, right? So it, it may not be a perfect rectangle, uh, the, this lot. So how far can the house be? The setback is how far the house needs to be away from the side yard, the front yard, the back, like how much they, they, they want. Um, what else is here? There's maximum height and stuff like that, but you can always work within those boundaries usually. So those are things you need to know. You don't want to, and, and if you were building something that doesn't meet any of those requirements, so let's say you want to build an app, on a 5,000 square foot lot, when at the minimum required is 6,000 square foot, then you you would need something called a variance, which I've applied for, I've been granted, I've been denied many times. That's no fun. That's, that means you have to go to the Board of Zoning Appeals, the BZ, BZA, and you have to say, hey, you require 60 feet of frontage, but I want 50 feet of frontage, and I have to, you need to go get a, what they require before you apply is a radius map of between 100 to up to 300 feet around that plot, and they, you want, they want to see the size of every parcel of land there. And I know in the town of Hempstead, if you're not 50, if the, if if you can't get 51% of the properties that are within 200 feet of your property to be substandard, which means less than that, they're never going to give you a variance ever. So these are kind of things, you know, there, you can talk to an attorney uh, who deals with this. There are people who just do land use. I have a couple that I use. Um, and they'll they'll help you out usually. Usually, the best thing that they'll do is tell you you're you're not. This is never going to happen. That's the best thing they can say to you, right? You you don't want them to jerk you around, take your money, and go through a nine month long process for it not to happen if there's no chance. And sometimes they'll say to you it's unlikely to happen, which usually means it's not going to happen. Um, or they'll say we have a good chance, and that's you want to ask. But assuming you find out that your lot is buildable, right? It's zoned for a house. That's what you want to put on it, and size is okay then you got you should ask them what's the next step you know you're going to have to hi- probably hire an architect to draw up plans of the house that you're building and a site plan to show where it's going on the plan then you need to apply for a building permit and that's the process again there are places in the country where this is simple something simple i think there's in alaska there's places no, where you can no, build whatever you want alaska you can build anything you don't need a building permit that sounds amazing but uh but in a lot of places you're gonna have to go through it but there are places that'll give you an answer right away and 
you know, there are places that'll take yeah. a year to get an answer. I'll give you an example on doing this in Westchester, which is next door to Nassau. I called the building department on a piece of vacant land. And I knew that it was zoned residential. And I said, this is the size of the lot. What can I build on the lot? It was a 10 minute phone call. They said, you can build a single family or you can build a two family and it can be a certain amount of square feet. And I knew based on the comps, I'm like, all right, these new bills are three, three and a half million dollars. So I got the lot for 570 and sold it for 620 to a builder or 630. So it was like a 60K wholesale deal minus a commission on a piece of land. See, today, I would have, yeah. today I would want you to sell it to me and I would have built on it and made a million Oh, dude, dollars. that property <laughs> is 25 minutes from your office with no traffic. All right. Right on the water. No problem. Or near the water. But the thing is, people think this development stuff is not straightforward. Well, actually, it is kind of straightforward. But you got to just understand like just because like the ZBA and zoning, like it's really not that complicated. It's like, what can you build on a lot? How big can it be? And what are those properties selling for new construction? And the MLS will show you all the new construction. You just sold it. Correct. Absolutely. What city was that in? Rye. Yeah, Rye's nice. It's, I always say you don't make it to Rye by accident. You're not living in Rye <laughs> if you're a Stugat, as we'd say, the Italians. <laughs> but the right. thing is like we got that lead and i knew that there was some value there but the person who wouldn't doesn't know development would be like oh this guy wants 600 grand for a piece of land that's crazy you see they're worth three and a half million dollars fixed all up. it's all a function of what you can get and how much it will cost to get you listen for a three and a half million dollar house that guy may spend a million dollars on the build but it's still worth paying 600 for the lot if you're going to get if you're going to spend a million that's 1.6 let's say another hundred Two hundred thousand dollars off goes one point eight to sell for three million. That's a huge. That's a huge win. Seven figure deal. It's awesome. <laughs> so here's the these things happen. These things happen all day. Like we don't even realize these things are going on all the time. They're always going on. There are builders who are building all day, and they find and they're making a lot of money. It's crazy in California. There's so much less regulation of building because like the, there's such a housing shortage in San Diego County. Like you can build like five, six, ten, twenty units on one lot in certain districts because they need. Yeah, I know a guy. I know a guy building in LA like that also, where he's he's doing. Um, he's building also. He's bought he bought a few lot. He bought a few houses on one street. He's putting in like fourteen units there. They're allowing him to do it. I couldn't believe it. Because I couldn't believe in some of the nicest parts of. Uh, of LA, they, 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 there's very few side like, setbacks. Are like the houses go almost like three feet from the property line. Yeah, like well, it's like they, they would never get away with that crap in New York. No, you can't do that in New York. It's especially in our area. It's not like maybe upstate. It's a little different. But I, I'll give you an example. Here's another building example where you really need to know your market, and then we'll have to show up. So, if you're in rural Orange County, rural Dutchess County, the the minimum lot size per house is like two or three acres. So some people are they think, monsters, they're monsters. Yeah, like the, yeah. the land is so big and you can only build one house per two or three acres. So I get a lot of leads where it's like, oh, it's 20 acres. It's like, yeah, you can build like five houses and the guy wants a million dollars for it. Like it doesn't work, you know. You get that all the time. So we, we what I get a lot is people have you know 30 foot wide extra lot in their parcel and they think, well, you can go build a house there. And I'm like, I, I can't I can't build on 30 feet wide, it's never gonna work. Oh, are you sure? I think you can. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure. It's not going to happen. People don't understand. People don't know. People don't know whether things can be built or not. It's it's very common. It's very common. Yeah. You know where they're doing a lot of knockdown new builds, believe it or not? Monroe. I believe it. There's a street that's about four streets behind where I grew up. 
and there is just normal houses on there. Not the best street either. It's not like Beverly Hills, Rodeo Drive. Guys are going in and building these houses and building huge three, four families. Many, oh, three, four families for for Orthodox for Orthodox Jews to live in yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and to rent. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's wild. Uh, some of the like, and the thing is, like, I know now in Monroe, when we get leads, we can pay. I can pay almost market value for a property and wholesale it for fifty grand because there's a because the builder will pay more. That happens, listen, that's going on in Rockland, all over the place in Rockland, all over Rockland. It's it's uh, it's, it's almost unrecognizable the area from thirty years ago. If you're if you have a lead in Spring Valley or Muncie, you can pay like six hundred grand for a single and and wholesale it for seven fifty. Right, and somebody will bulldoze it and put up a, an eight unit. It's yeah, and, and ARVs there are like in the seven figures now. It, in some of these certain hot areas, Aaron, like it's crazy. You see them, and you go on the MLS, and they're trading. You seven in front of or that one comma. Yeah, well, if you have a multi, you know, multi-family like that, somebody buys it, moves into one unit, and rents out the other three. Maybe the numbers can still make sense. Totally. So for the people listening, if they want to check out that website you found that provides the modular homes, what is the website, Mike? Paul? I have a guy's card right here, actually. It's westchestermodular.com. Westchestermodular.com. So if you're in the Hudson Valley, you're in Long Island, this is a very successful company that you can buy from. I think they're great. Again, I've never used them, but I think they're great. Also, yeah, no, you'll find out. I mean, there's another company in Pennsylvania too, near Scranton, and they have. When I drove, I, I drove out to Pennsylvania to look at two other companies too. I don't know if the one you're talking about, but yeah. I thought Westchester was really solid. I'm excited to see your journey doing this, dude. I think it's going to be a gold mine. I'm excited too. Like I, I, t- I was telling you, I, I don't, I'm not a crier. I don't cry a lot. I didn't cry when my kids were born, but I may cry when I, if this thing happens the way I, the way I, the way I'm hoping it will. <laughs> Well, put your hard hat on, sit back, relax, enjoy the flight, and uh, next destination is going to be billionaire land. Let's hope. Let's hope.